listeners, today's podcast contains talk of chemical warfare and UFOs. If that isn't your thing, we totally understand and hope you tune in next week. Thanks for listening. Love your spooky girl, scary girl, and skeptical guy. Hey everyone! I'm Emily. I'm Libby. And I'm Ken. And this is Spooky, Scary, Skeptical. be the song yeah hey it wasn't very close i was thinking the same thing are you serious <laughs> what what <laughs> i would like to say that i did a really good job happy juneteenth everyone Is happy that? juneteenth happy juneteenth. i hope everyone's out and celebrating and having an amazing cookout and enjoying your days and doing awesome things so yeah yeah or if you're working listening to our podcast at work <laughs> So, yay. Uh, how are you guys doing? <laughs> well, it's May 29th. Okay, so. you are ruining this. Okay, I'm doing my very best. <laughs> my June's been good. What? I'm manifesting into that question. I'm manifesting. Won the lottery. Matt Travis Kelsey. <laughs> because you won the lottery. Well, no, he likes me for me. <laughs> <laughs> telling you man one day we're gonna get trav on the pod i can't be here that day i'll just pass away (laughs) i think ken would too i think both of you would pass away i think i'd be able to hold it together you would be so geeked out i think afterwards you'd be like i blacked out through the whole podcast i have to go back and re-listen to it you would like assess every detail you would function okay gotcha I don't know if I'd function you, okay, but I would function. If you could ask Travis Kelsey anything, one one question Ooh. each. What are you going to ask him? One question each. Just one question. Yes. From Travis Kelsey. For those of you who don't know, Travis Kelsey is the tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. He is one of the greatest tight ends of our generation. He also has one of the greatest tight ends. <laughs> um, so, Alright, what's your question? 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. I need an answer. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to end up on no dumb questions, just dumb, peop- just dumb people. <laughs> I think I would say, what are you looking for in a life partner, Travis? And then become all of those things. <laughs> Just like that. And Ken Ken wouldn't ask him any questions, as it turns out. Apparently not. Ken would say, Patrick, what are you looking for in a life partner? And then become all. (laughs) Did you say Patrick? Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Is he also going to be here? Oh, I assumed you got a question for Patrick and I got one. You you guys both had a question for Travis, but that's okay. Oh, oh. Yeah, Yeah, you can't. Um, Travis, what does Patrick? (laughs) Yeah. There you go. Have any complaints about Brittany? (laughs) (laughs) You guys are outrageous. That's funny. Happy Father's Day to everyone as well. Oh, yeah. Shout out to the the dads. Busy week. I know. This is a great weekend. You get like two holidays in it. At least you'll be celebrated because it's pause, pause or day. Father's Day, pause or day. Pothers. Yeah, that really flopped. It flopped. Pothers Day. That's the one. Pothers. Pothers Day. Pother. That joke flopped. (laughs) Speaking of Patrick Mahomes, we attended a wedding. Good time. There was a kid there, a young adult who looked like Patrick Mahomes. No, he did. (laughs) You did not see this person. I just see Libby shaking her head now. (laughs) You you were busy talking to people, and I was just looking around the room, and then there he was. He looked like a young Patrick Mahomes. And his haircut was very, like, Patrick Mahomes. Reminiscent of, like, a young, like, it's going to grow up to be Patrick Mahomes hair, you know? (laughs) I didn't see this person, so I cannot claim I saw him. I Um, was like, is that? No, it's not. But, you know... (laughs) I will say, I feel like, so at this wedding, we, I think, connect pretty well with the younger generation. We got set at a table. We're cool. We were so old. We weren't at a kid's table. It's just now, kids are adults. You know what I mean? So, like, there was a girl who graduated from our college and with, with the same degree as me. 
And I was like, oh my gosh, like, when did you graduate? And she's like, 2021. And I was like, <sighs> did you ask if about any of the professor professors? Mm-mm. That's when it gets real bad. When you ask, like, oh, how's so-and-so doing? Who? Oh, they must not be there anymore. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so then she said, when did you graduate? And I said, I would rather not answer you. <laughs> so old, but she was so sweet. But yeah, uh, it wasn't a kid's table. It was just a bunch of people that were now adults. <laughs> Speaking of so, being old, uh, you saw a I like that you give me a meaningful look. Oh my gosh, I well, know. Well, that's why I'm giving it to you, because it's yes, your thing. Thank you. I did. Thank you. I thought you were giving me meaningful looks because I'm older than you. Well, Which, by the way, months, right? I would like to... No. I would like to go back, and I would like to specify, I am two and a half months older than her. If you round up, that's three. I, if you round down, it's two. Why would you ever round down? Why would you half? not want to? I understand wanting to, but that's not how numbers work. Two and a half months. Two and a half months. So, so three. as Emily was saying, I felt so old. I went into a store, and I'm not going to say which store, but I can no longer shop there. Hollister. No. <laughs> <laughs> not Hollister. I went to a store, and they had a vintage Avril Lavigne concert t-shirt. Vintage. And I felt... A knife slipped between my fourth and fifth rib. Well, we're at the point in <laughs> time where twist. Avril Lavigne's heyday was the same as the Woodstock heyday when we were growing up as children. Yeah, probably. You're probably around, no, right? No, I just pulled that on my ass. No, 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 there's something. Like, what? No, there's something about it. You know what? Shrek came out in 2003. That was about 20 years ago. So I hope you feel old. You do. Oh You're welcome for that fact. Great movie. Me, I can still quote the whole damn thing. That might be the best thing on the whole damn planet. <laughs> no, uh, I literally, I think we watched it with um, two of our friends, Ken, and you weren't there. I don't know why, but we were watching it and literally me and my friend sat and quoted the movie the whole time. Were you watching it with? Yes. I was in here doing school. Obviously. Okay. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what our listeners don't know is the shit that gets cut out of these because we... <laughs> someone's dropping a name or whatever and we do have great people in our lives who are all like you can say my name but you know you just never want to upset anyone so we just try not to say names usually it's my best work that gets cut (laughs) especially when libby's libby's with pulling the knife i am a harsh editor censored (laughs) i'm a harsh editor on all of us yes that's that is our biggest editing clip if we took out every clip we edit the two, the things that would, the two biggest things that would get edited would be, <gasps> and I want to edit one. I think it's time. Yeah, I'd say we're on episode. <laughs> we're on episode eight. Eight. Okay. Well, I'm ready. Yeah. Ooh, Emily and I started a show yesterday. You have not seen it, but you had no interest in it when I watched it the first time. But Emily hadn't seen it. Um, we've what started. Show? Watching Sense Eight. I specifically told you I wanted to watch that with you, and you started it without me. Stop! It's not true. <laughs> Emily, Emily, so bad. I was like, we can, we can watch it. Emily <laughs> believed you. I, I sat there and I said, "No, you didn't." It should be noted he doesn't. Ken doesn't skip a beat, and his facial expression. He looked pained. Like, you looked like... You looked like... But he'd been betrayed. Broken. And I was like, oh my god. <laughs> we rewatch it. It's fine. <laughs> Either way, um, it felt very appropriate to watch in June. Why? It's Pride Month. For Pride Month. Oh! Love and that. also, hate that it got canceled. It was so good. At least they got, they got like, that movie ending, right? Yeah, I was telling Emily about it. Yeah, there's, like, an ending to it that's basically, like, a, like a, like a movie. Hmm. Um, the it's last good. or whatever. It's way better good. than what Santa Clarita diet had happened. I know. It ended on a cliffhanger. That. Yes, it was a good show. It was very funny. So funny. Love me some Drew Barrymore. She's so cute. What was that other show that they canceled that they had to, like, hurry and finish? The animal one? Zoo one? Zoo? Was that that? Zoo. Was that oh, Netflix? it's called Zoo. Yeah. Was that Netflix or was that? Huh. Wasn't I thought it was. It was on Netflix for some time. I don't know if it's still on there. Was it a Netflix show though? I thought. It no, was, no, no. It was like cable. it was cable. Yeah. yeah. Oh, CBS or something. Yeah, that was a good show. Good stuff. 
Yeah, so that's what we've been watching. Ken, have you been playing any new games or anything? No, I watched a few shows. What did you watch? Animated adult comedy TV. I wanted to watch! You don't even know. You can't even name it. There's only like one. I can name, I can name like seven. Go. Family Guy. Okay. South Park. Okay. Paradise PD. Okay. Big Mouth. Okay. Human Resources. Okay. Futurama, Rick and Morty. That's seven. Okay. And not... None of them were the ones I... Na- really? No. Bob's Burgers? No. Ooh, now I feel like we're in a fun guessing game. Yeah, just guess it. Simpsons? Nope. Mm. Family Guy? Nope. <laughs> I, like I, mean, I, did, I did watch some episodes of that last night, but oh. that's not what I'm referring to. American Dan? <gasps> oh, no. F is for Family? Nope. Shrek? <laughs> okay, tell me what it is. Mulligan. Oh, I would never guess that in a bajillion Exactly. Years. That's why I know you wouldn't be mad about it. Nope. Never heard of it. Exactly. Well, is it any good? Should you recommend it to our listeners? Yeah, it was all right. All right. I binge watched it. Cool. Yeah. I love binge watching. So much fun. Yeah, it's about aliens take over the world. Oh, sounds like my kind of show. Yeah, they so they destroy the world. Very and, realistic. Yeah, this random Bostonian swings to safety and throws a grenade into the open vent of their main ship and saves the world. <laughs> um, like, the only population that survived is in Washington, D.C. Oh, no! Oh. They have to rebuild it with one remaining senator who is, yeah, Republican senator. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's so. kind of sat- satirical. Kind of. It, it tries to be a lot smarter than it is. Oh! Is it any of well, the writers? writers are tuning into this and they're so offended. Yeah. Or they're going to try and get you. Maybe. Maybe. It, is it any of, like... The writers that I would know, like the guy from the Orville or anything like that. Well, no. So I, the I the love creators, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, the creators aren't familiar to me, but Tina Fey's a voice. Mm, mm. That's um, cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you could be on any TV show, what TV show would you be on? Oh, South Park. South Park, not Rick and Morty. You like Rick and Morty? I like a lot. Rick and Morty too, but like South Park, it's like a a classic. Of passage to get made fun a of. A classic, yeah. Like some of their best bits are them making fun of people. Yes. Well, my people... They've never made fun of me. Maybe we'll have a podcast one and we'll be featured. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one could. One could know. Everyone manifests that because if we make it to South Park, we make it big. <laughs> Though, I don't know if I want to be made fun of by South Park because it'll probably hurt my feelings and I'll cry. I'm not saying. I've already been on South Park. Can you cry? <laughs> You're looking forward to crying? Would you cry if South Park made fun of you? <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh my gosh. I've uh, already been on South Park. That making fun of a whole class of people doesn't Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, you should. You should. Emily, what show would you be on? What show? Yeah, if you could be on any TV show, what show are you going to be on? Catching Kelsey. <laughs> Catching Kelsey? Oh. Yeah, you know what it is on a dating show, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, probably. I don't know. I don't think anyone's ever watched it. Yeah, I think it gets made fun of an awful lot. He for does, too. Yeah. What is it on currently, or it was on? It was on, on uh, yeah. It uh, was just. I'd watch that. Um, you can try and find it. <laughs> probably, probably the. Well, did you were you about to say the Bachelor? No, I was gonna say the Barefoot Contessa, but oh, the oh Barefoot Contessa. Yeah, but that's kind of like obviously. So that, that's not obvious about. at all. That I think that's extremely unique. Is that Ina? Yeah, I'd probably do that. You would love that. Is that the show where she interviewed? Um, Emily Blunt. Yes. Just asked her about the worst moments of her life. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she did. Um, that was her other show, though. She has one with the yeah, guests. Yeah, I'm trying to think what the name herself. of that one is. I listen to the podcast. I should know. But yeah, I'd go on one of her shows. That's so cool. She couldn't interview me. I mean, I'm not that interesting, but I'd be like, let's cook something. Let's <laughs> do it. So, I love it. And if I can get on Ina's show... Maybe I can get an introduction to the man, the myth, the legend, Travis Kelsey. Oh, I was like, Ina Garden. <laughs> well, yeah. She is kind of the, the other man, man the myth. The other man, the myth, the legend. Yeah. Got She's got friends got with Taylor Swift. Did you know that? <gasps> They're good friends. She's been on her show. I think Taylor has a house. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that all it takes to be considered a good friend? <laughs> I hope so, because, you know. <laughs> Does Taylor have a house in the Hamptons? Or I know she has a Rhode, the Rhode Island house, but I don't know if she has a house in the Hamptons. I would say throw a dart at a map, and she's probably got a house. <laughs> You're probably right. Well, are you guys ready to uh, hop into the story today? Sure. This is episode one of the Appalachian Trail. It's gonna be our intro. 
No. When you were getting ready, I thought you were going to say 100. I'm like, no. <laughs> this is episode 100. <laughs> Not quite. Just minus. kidding. My, minus. 92. Yeah. Uh, this is, a, yeah, yeah, good job. Everyone saw that. I did math. Quickly. In your head, quickly. Yes, this is episode eight. I just, I can't keep track of what episode we're on, but yes. Is it eight? What, what's seven? What is, what is it? Seven is, was false memories. Oh, that's right. Wait, are we not counting um, Patreon in that? No. No. If Patreon has their own number system. And to know what that number system is, join our Patreon. Is there a number scary. system? I don't think there is a number system on that. <sighs> to join our Patreon on Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast. <laughs> no, but we count them separately. Like, we're like... We, we have a separate numbering system for everything. We just do it by order of recording. We should also take this opportunity to mention Patreon episodes are different than regular episodes. I recently came across a conversation that Mm -hmm. needed to maybe specify that. Patreon episodes. You literally get twice as many episodes on Patreon. Like, you go on to what... Like, we drop them on Wednesdays. They are different stories, different conversations, usually a little bit more fun, and also uh, more chaotic and less filtered. Mm -hmm. So, enjoy that. Subscribe to our Patreon at Spooky Scary Skeptical Podcast. Or you can email us at SpookyScarySkepticalPodcast at gmail.com. Have we gotten any emails? Mm-hmm. <gasps> From who? Patreon. <laughs> TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> Telling us about our For You page. Dang it. Okay, so. Okay, well, someone will come along. This is episode one of the Appalachian Trail. So, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about the Appalachian Trail before we get into it. So, I have compiled several, many stories of different tales around the Appalachians, sometimes just weird things that happen in the Appalachians and whatnot. So, we are going to get into all of it. And to clarify for those who don't know, because I recently learned... The Appalachian Mountains are on the East Coast, right? Yeah, and you okay. know what? We're going to cover all the states that it touches. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. okay. So, United States. The United States. United States. The Appalachian of America. Are, yes, correct. Of okay. America. Okay, so the Appalachian cha- Chair. The Appalachian the Chair. The Appalachian Chair. No, the Appalachian Trail was completed in 1937 and added to the National Park System. The longest hiking-only footpath in the world, ranging from the states of Maine to Georgia, touching a total of 14 states. Think you guys can name them all? Well, let's look at the map. Oh, you guys are totally cheating. Maine. Mm -hmm. Um, Gotta go through New Hampshire then. Mm Mm-hmm. Maryland. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, I don't know if it... Shuts through Connecticut or not, but definitely New York. It does go through Connecticut and okay, New York. New York. And then, ah, Jersey. Jersey. Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Maryland. Mm-hmm. Virginia. I'm guessing it misses West Virginia. Nope. It does go in West it Virginia. Does go through 14 West states. Virginia. Yep. Okay. And then, yeah, so West Virginia, Virginia, and North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia. So, South Carolina, it does not. Oh, so it goes through Tennessee, then. It goes through Tennessee. Oh. So, we've got, yep, Connecticut, Georgia, Massachusetts, you didn't say. Mm-hmm. Maryland. No, I, how did I not say Massachusetts? I think you said Maryland twice. Oh. Maine. In North- my brain, I said Ma- in Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, Maine, North Carolina, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Vermont, and West Virginia. All that's huge, huge. So, is it one of the biggest mountain ranges in the world, or the biggest? No, oh, I don't know. No, they're saying the it's the longest footpath, like hiking trail. Yes. So, Virginia, being home to the to most of the trail, what is about five hundred fifty miles is where the trail spends, and West Virginia. That wouldn't be most of the trail. That would be just the largest proportion of the trail. Yeah. Okay. And then the least amount of trail being in West Virginia at about four miles. So only four miles goes in West Virginia. That's 14 states, baby. (laughs) Maryland and West Virginia are known to be the easiest states to hike, while New Hampshire and Maine are the hardest. By the way, the Appalachian Trail is only 10 minutes away from Dudleytown, Connecticut. 
<gasps> Whoa. Whoa. Yes. So go back and listen to our previous episode about Dudley Town. But that is only literally like a 10 minute, like 10 minute drive. You'd think they'd be able to put a restaurant there. It's too bad they can't. Or keep that Duncan open. (laughs) Uh, The trail spans 2,198.4 miles with the approximate gain loss of elevation of 464,500 feet. For the non-American listeners, that is about 3,537 and change kilometers. So, it takes approximately 5 million steps to take the whole trail. Immediately exhausted. Challenge. I can I can beat five million. <laughs> the total it might take me a few years, but I'll do it in under five million. <laughs> He's taking the longest strides of all time. I'm like hopping, like skipping. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> one step at a time. Why is one leg so buff? <laughs> The total elevation gain of the hiking trail is equivalent to hiking Mount Everest 16 times. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I will not be partaking. Additionally, there is an international Appalachian Trail that extends another 1,900 miles from Maine to New Brunswick and Quebec's Gaspe or Gasp Peninsula. Oh, okay. Yes, so it goes up into the into Canada as well. But these is there like just like a border agent on the? On I'm sorry. The, is there a border agent on the trail right at the border? <laughs> I don't know. There's going to be after this podcast. All those calculations prior to that didn't include the international trail. It just included the Appalachian Trail. And okay, so this is some weird, a little bit of weird fact, but we need to include it. You guys will totally see why as we get into the series. But some fun animals that you might run into on the trail include black bears, timber rattlesnakes, copperheads, deer, elk, moose beavers, squirrels, river otters, chipmunks, porcupines, bobcats, foxes, boars, woodchucks, raccoons, and coyotes. Love. Some birds might include turkeys, doves, ravens, eagles, ducks, owls, and hawks. So I'm telling you all of this because I have some stories that may or may not include animals or mysterious beings, so I wanted to know what you would be able to find. Mm. So... I also, before I get into any of these stories, wanted to mention I watched a super badass TikTok. <laughs> and you mean read an article? No, this is actually a TikTok because I'm going to tell people to go watch it because it's like so fascinating. <laughs> and I'll link her TikTok in the notes too to our, this podcast description. But she talks about the Appalachian Mountains and she has this theory. And I don't know how to pronounce her name, so I'll just again it'll be linked in the bio. But I'll, I guess I'll also spell it uh, slash say it. I don't know. It's modern day underscore eratosthenes eratosthenes I don't know it's in the description seriously go watch it it's so fascinating I was like having the best time okay so she has this theory about the Appalachian Trails so she first went into the into dinosaurpictures.org which is a real place and uh, I guess the website you can go back and it'll show different parts of the world throughout the hundreds of millions of years Um, even before the dinosaurs were alive. So for the most part, a huge chunk of this land that is not underwater is the Appalachian Mountains. So she has a theory that the Appalachian Mountains are so creepy because there are things in the lands that have never left. So she proposes that that might be some of these explanations. And I said, like Bigfoot. Yeah. I will not be, I'm going to go ahead and spoil alert this. We will not be covering Bigfoot. I'm going to save, Emily's blinking at me with disappointment. Uh, I'm going to save Bigfoot for the Pacific Northwest region. All right. I do recognize that there are Bigfoot sightings in the Appalachians. I'm not. Bigfoot really gets around. Yeah. (laughs) But it seems more of a Pacific Northwest deal. So I'm going to stick with that. So. Let's get into it. Today, we are going to be covering the Brown Mountain Lights, as well as the Flatwoods Monster. So, we're going to start with the Brown Mountain Lights. Ooh! I have pictures I'm going to show you guys, and I will be posting on Instagram. But I'll get into it first, and then we can uh, go go about it. So, are brown lights associated to brown noise? It is the Brown Mountain Lights. Or the Brown Lights. Nope. So, it's a location... <laughs> The location is the Brown Mountains. Oh, oh, I understand. Thank you, though, for trying. You're welcome. The The Brown Mountain Lights are located in North Carolina and are alleged to be ghost lights. 
Brown Mountain Ridge is approximately two hours from the Appalachian Trailhead for perspective. So it's in the Appalachian region, just not necessarily right on top of the trail. Okay. I have a little map here, too, just showing where the Appalachian region is. Here's the Appalachian region. Mm. Here's the Brown Mountain Lights. So. Okay. 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 Very cool. I'm going to post all of these on Instagram. There's tons of pictures in this episode. So Some of the earliest reports of the ghost lights came from the Cherokee and Catawba Native Americans, as well as settlers and Civil War soldiers. In some sources, it says that the Cherokee legend of the lights has been passed down since 1280, and the lights are the maidens searching for the men who died in battle. However, a more recent legend claims the lights are caused by the spirit of a heartbroken woman searching the mountains at night by torchlight, looking for her fiancé who failed to come for her on their wedding day. Another legend tells the story of a young mother-to-be murdered by her wicked husband, and the lights materialize to help neighbors find the young woman's body and still appear today, reminding evildoers that their crimes will be revealed. Wow. So what kind of light should I be picturing here? Okay, so I'll show you the picture. That's a really good question. So Another follow-up question. What does the legend of science say they are? We're going to get into things. Yeah, okay. okay, so here's <laughs> here's one picture of the lights. <gasps> That's In, like lights, like real deal Here's lights. another one. Oh, my god. So it gosh. kind of floats above the mountains. Ooh. And there's another one. Mm-hmm. Oh, aliens. So, yeah, aliens. I don't know if you can see it, but there's a light right in the mountains there. Oh, yeah, I do right see in that. Here, huh. In the mountains, yeah. Hmm. So, I'm going to post all those on the um, Instagram, but those are some of the pictures. The lights have been investigated by the U.S. government on three separate occasions, as well as countless private groups and often studied by students at the Appalachian University. The lights are most often reported as small, star-like dots comparable to the stars. Motion of the lights have varied by its reports, from slow movements to almost firework-like action. Some accounts say that they're embedded within the mountains or on the ground, but there are quite a few accounts of the lights hovering above the mountains, like that one picture where it like looks like it's swirling through the sky. A local story from 1982 recounts a Morganton resident, Tommy Hunter, who touched the lights on the Highway 181 Overlook. He had looked over the edge and seen a ball of light that was hovering. He reached forward and touched it. Tommy later said that he felt as if he had stuck his finger in a light socket. Six other witnesses corroborated his story. Did he, has he also stuck his finger in a light switch before? (laughs) I was electrocuted (laughs) once. Really? Really? Yeah. Why? Thank you for asking. So, actually, it's good. We'll just, I'm just kidding. I'm totally joking. It was my friend's basement. And apparently, nobody told me they didn't use the light switch. And I went to hit it, and it had, like, a loose wire. And I stuck my finger in there, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> but, you know. I thought you were like, you were like, nobody told me not to stick the fork in the light socket. <laughs> no, but it was, I mean, it hurts, you know. Hmm. Yeah, give you a little but I survived. It was good and for I'm you. And I'm fine. <laughs> huh. Huh. It's all coming together. <laughs> I'm just teasing. Yes, so more recently, Deborah Glover or Glover claimed, quote, it just hovered for a few minutes, then it was gone, and everybody started looking over the edge to see where did it go. And there was no other light there. There were many that were there seeing it that night. And if I had been by myself, nobody would believe me. But my sister was standing right there beside me and she saw the same thing. So, one of the most famous spots to see the light is Fate Wiseman's Point. So, you can hike up there and see it. It's honestly so beautiful. Again, yeah, yeah. We'll be posting this. It honestly looks like just a really fun place to go just to, like, enjoy the beauty of nature. But. Sure. So, Fate Wiseman's Light. Um, in some sources, Josiah Lafayette, or Fate Wiseman, was the oldest report of the strange light in the Brown Mountain. Again, there are some lore that include um, Native Americans having it in their stories as well. So this is one of the oldest documented, but we're not sure exactly how far back it goes. Sure. Now known as Wiseman's View, you can overlook a spectacular daytime view of the Linville Gorge. At night, you can overlook and search for lights. But evidently, the trail is super dangerous at night because there are no lights to guide you. So, you know, maybe don't go out at night for that reason. I mean, I don't want anyone tripping and you know, breaking a leg and then getting eaten by 
one of the many cryptids we're going to cover in this series. So be careful. According to the Wiseman family, sometime around 1854, young Fate Wiseman was camping at Wiseman's View with his father when he first noted a flash of light in the distance. He noticed that the same momentary flash on the horizon appeared in the same place at the same time, varying by at most a half hour. So I'm going to get into the ex quote unquote explained or skeptical side of the story. My favorite part. Yes. <laughs> the earliest published reference of the lights was in 1912. At the same time, electric lighting was becoming widespread in the area. The lights are described as being mysterious lights seen just above the horizon every night. Red in color, appearing punctually at 7.30 p.m. and again at 10 p.m. Joseph Lovin, who lived next to the Lovins Hotel, said he had first noticed the lights in about 1897, but took no interest in them and didn't hear anyone else talking about them until his neighbor began drawing attention to them around 1910. It was determined that the train lights from the Southern Railway would have been visible from the Lovins Hotel, and the train schedules consulted left no doubt that it was the train that was the cause of these lights. Makes sense. However, in July of 1916, a flood caused the train activity in the Brown Mountains to cease for several weeks, which provided an opportunity to prove the theory. George Anderson Lovin, whose hotel business was doing quite well from all the visitors who were keen to see the lights, told the Lenore News that in September, it was still being seen nightly. And for some time... So the guy who would lose all of his business mm -hmm. if the lights were just the train lights claimed oh yeah no no that's still there don't worry <laughs> yes and for some time it washed away the theory that it was a train because he said that mm. however it wasn't clear whether it was one specific light he was referencing or many different lights in 1922 the investigation into the lights was set off by george r mansfield he set out to prove that the lights were trains car headlights or brush fires mansfield found that the locals were unaware of the lights prior to 1910 according to him. But again, we have other sources saying that they may be involved in Native American legends, as well as the guy who had the diary in 1854. So, George R. Mansfield set out to prove that the lights were trains, car headlights, or bushfires. Mansfield found that the locals were unaware of these lights prior to 1910, according to him. And as, as part of his investigation, he set up an Allidade telescope near Levin's Hotel. Accompanied by members of the Levin family, he recorded a number of light nighttime lights of which appeared to flare in brightness. Joseph Levin called it a true brown mountain light. Through the telescope, it was determined the light was stationary throughout the night. Another series of lights were found to plot the Southern Railroad system and the time and appearances coincided with the train schedule. So there's like a population of people living within a reasonable you know distance to they're living place. in like the city yeah it looks it sounds like they're okay. like a town so there's people around sure okay okay at the end of the session robert lovin said that he didn't believe that the lights they recorded were bright enough to be genuine brown mountain lights but joseph lovin said that he thought that they were typical of an average display of the phenomena after mansfield's research it was determined that the lights were train headlights, distant cars, and brush fires. Joseph seemed to take this answer and move on with his life. Joseph was the next-door neighbor, not the owner mm. of the hotel. Of course, some folks disagreed and have tried to convince others that these lights existed prior to the electric light. Historians in the, in the Native tradition stated that this phenomena was invented by white people to justify their own beliefs in the lights. So again, there's many sources out there, it's hard to say. Ghost stories were then developed all throughout the 20th century to explain the lights. The UFO movement also took hold in the mid 20th century and claimed it might be the cause of the lights. Currently, the lights draw people interested in ghost hunting, providing them with a supposedly haunted place to investigate. The lights, as a cultural phenomenon, evolved over time to suit the desires and changing expectations of the people who participate in that culture. So, Fate Wiseman's light, the first electricity showed in showed up in North Carolina in 1888 in a train station. So he supposedly saw it in 1854 or whatever I said. The mid-1850s. Yeah, he saw it in the mid-1850s in 1854 
and then the lights showed up in 1888. The description of the light was consistent with the distant train headlight during the turning the corner. The first train in western North Carolina began a nightly service between Morganton and Salisbury in 1858. So the thoughts on this, of course, it's thought that before 1930 they were just myths and superstitions. But what if they weren't? Could they be a glitch in the matrix? Yes. Nope. <laughs> okay, I'm going to provide some options and I want to hear yeses, noes, and then we'll discuss. Okay. Time travelers? No. Nah. Aliens? Yes. I mean, compared to the other ones, yes, but no. Something more <laughs> elusive or unexplainable? Sure. Yes. Or was it just a good way to get tourism? Yes. Oh, yes. wow. Imagine that. <laughs> yes. I think it was a good way to get tourism, but... Um, I mean, the fact that it's so scheduled, it has to be the trains. It is, but supposedly these lights have been around, according to some legends and stories, they've been around prior to the train. Yeah, so the brush fire, right? And were they as scheduled, like back before the trains? I don't know. Okay. But And what is research, like recent correspondence on these lights that i kind of read those those are the, like, the guy who like reached out and touched the light and he like felt the spark and like people all saw it like what year was that uh, 1980s 1980s okay yeah so but okay so, so here's my electrocuted by light okay so here's <laughs> my issue with the train lights though so this was one of the pictures of the lights like that's not a train light that's in the air that looks like it's moving yeah the lights move. Is that just the steam reflecting the light? The lights move. No, that's in the sky, though. Yes. Like, here's the trees. But it's farther out, right? What do you mean? It's, like, zoomed in. Well, the, if the train is really far away, depending on your the perspective... You think it's just a trick of the camera? Correct. I don't know. So, I think we should think, too, about the northern lights. Because isn't that some type of, like, chemical reaction in the atmosphere that creates those lights. Oh, like Aurora Borealis. So, yeah. So, there could be some type of chemical reaction happening in this one spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, Maybe. Maybe. Or... I like aliens. I also like Glitch in the Matrix. Of course. I'm not a nightmare. Uh, I would love that. Like, could you imagine if this was just happened to be like a weird portal between or like where the veil is thin? Sure. You know? So, the lights are a little spookier. Or it's remote enough that it could be like the government is, like, doing testing and trying to cover it up. Oh. Because it's, like, out in Well, the government has did look into it three separate occasions. Yeah. Did they tell you that? That's interesting. I don't believe them. No, they did. They Oh, you don't believe that? But if they're covering it up. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, what's your vote, Ken? I vote train. Okay. Slash, I'm not going to admit to them being gone when the trains are gone, so I keep my business around. Hmm. Okay. I do love a con man. Good business. Better than Dudley Towns. What about you? <laughs> what about you, Emily? What do you think? I think I think um aliens or something like magical. I love it. <laughs> magical like a wizard. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's like, I gotta go practice go somewhere. Practice. <laughs> it's an alarm. Oh, six fifty nine, gotta go out to the middle of the woods. <laughs> At this point, he's just maintaining his, like, grandpa's lore at this point. <laughs> like, his grandpa started it, and he's like, now I gotta go out at 7, a- 7 p.m. again. Here we go. So, that is the Brown Mountain Lights. It sounds a little suspicious, but I will say, beautiful. Looks beautiful to go there. That would be so much fun to just go and walk around and be there. It looks so gorgeous. Yeah. So, the second part of this episode is... The Flatwoods Monster. Spotted in Flatwoods, West Virginia, about 33 miles from the Appalachian Trailhead. We're talking about an extraterrestrial creature. Oh! On September 12th, 1952, three children, Edward and Fred May, and then their friend Tommy Heyer, saw a bright object cross the sky and land near a local farmer, G. Bailey Fisher's Field. Some sources said six boys, others said three, but the source that said three had actual names, so I went with that one. So they can't even agree on the number of children, but... Well, the one... the one There's definitely aliens. <laughs> the one source that I used was the one with their names, and I was like, that sounds... At least they have... We know a minimum of three children were there with names. No adults. Look at there. At first, it's just the kids. 
They gathered their family and friends and took them to the crash site of the UFO and encountered a strange red glowing light and strong smell. The group said that they smelled a pungent mist and some later said that they had been nauseated. One of the groups shined a light and saw a man-like figure with a round face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. In an article by Fate magazine, based on the tape-recorded interviews, UFO writer Gary Barker described the figure as 10 feet tall with a round, blood-red face, a large, pointed, hood-like shape around the face, eye-like shapes which emitted greenish-orange light, and a dark black or green body. They're like, hey, friend, welcome to Earth, but your pungent mist <laughs> a bit much. <laughs> you got to do something about that. <laughs> Meanwhile, he's like, I saw you guys spray yourselves with perfume. I assumed this was what we did down here. <laughs> Edward and Fred's mother, Kathleen May, described the figure as having small, claw-like hands, clothing-like folds. Wait, so and the mother is describing it? I thought she wasn't there. She, they ran and got them to see the crash site where mm. it, it crashed in the field. So they ran and got family and friends. Clothing-like folds and a head that resembled the ace of spades. And the monster appeared to be wearing a metal dress. <laughs> While another member reported seeing a green outfit and claws for hands. However, the exact description may be difficult to tell through the dense mist. So, before we go any further, I'm going to show you the depictions of said monster. One of them is a monument they have in Flatwoods, West Virginia. And to be clear, Um, these aren't pictures, correct? They're, yeah, they're descriptions of of the creature. Here we go. Oh my god, that's fucking terrifying. <laughs> We're gonna post these on Instagram. Ew. That is terrifying. No. <laughs> Pass. This is exactly the depiction I was <laughs> what I thought was gonna happen. Ew. I love the banana for scale in there. Banana for scale? It's just a meme. Oh. There's no banana. Oh, um, there's the human being though. Yeah. Not in there for scale. Correct. So that's what they described seeing. So they made a chair out of yeah, it's like a monument, I guess, in Flatwoods, West Virginia. Okay. So, it's weird. Let's commemorate this stanky moment. <laughs> Make a chair. <laughs> yes. So then, according to the story, the figure made a hissing sound and glided towards the group. And Eugene Lemon, a West Virginia National Guardsman, dropped his flashlight, screamed, and the group ran away. Later, the group claimed to have suffered nausea, throat irritation, and vomiting, which persisted for days. These symptoms were passed off as side effects of hysteria. However, it is also worth noting those symptoms are also telltale signs of mustard gas. Mustard gas is a human-made chemical warfare agent, and people can be exposed through skin contact, eye contact, or inhaling the sulfur mustard. So that could have been your pungent smell from the mist. That would absolutely be a pungent smell. The group ran away, contacted authorities who searched the next day and said they saw, heard, and smelled nothing. Wow. However, they just see a guy in a gas mask. However, according to Barker's account, the next day when investigators went to the area, A. Lee Stewart Jr. of the Braxton Democrat, which is a a newspaper, claimed to have discovered skid marks on the field with an odd gummy deposit. I'm sorry about that. I was waiting. Oh, my God. Another sighting of the creature was reported by Audra Harper not long before the infamous sighting at Fisher's farm. Harper claimed to have seen the monster while walking through the woods near the town of Heaters. It's about five miles north of Flatwoods. About halfway into her trip, she noticed a ball of fire on one of the hills they were passing. She dismissed it, assuming that it was one of her neighbors fox chasing. I didn't know what fox chasing was, so I looked it up. Do you know? I'm picturing picturing Mary Poppins. Hmm. I don't... When they all chase the fox with the dogs, the hunting dogs. Oh, okay. Sure. If they do that Mary Poppins, sure, that's what I'm picturing, but... I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Fox chasing is apparently another term for fox hunting, but they don't actually kill the fox. What does a ball of fire have to do with that? I don't know. Okay. I didn't 
fully understand. <laughs> okay. So, but then... Hey, there's a sizable divot in the yard. <laughs> uh, must just be my neighbor. Be out there fox chasing. <laughs> um, but then she glanced back and saw the fire had vanished. And in its place stood a tall, dark silhouette of a man-shaped figure. So a man putting out a fire? <laughs> day after the incident in Flatwoods at the Fisher Farm, another strange sighting occurred near Strange Creek, about 20 miles south of Flatwoods. So, this is our UFO. It could be traveling, or extraterrestrial. It could be traveling south. Hmm. George and Edith Snitowski were driving through the rural area between Clay and Braxton County on Route 4 when their car suddenly died. It was nighttime, and the road was deserted, and they tried to restart the car, but to no avail. Suddenly, a foul, sulfurous smell filled the air, and their 18-month-old baby started to cry. A strange, bright light filled the darkness, and the couple witnessed a 10-foot-tall creature hovering in front of their car. The description was similar to the original sighting. However, the creature was not wearing a spade-shaped hood. Instead, its head was reportedly reptilian and bony. The The damn reptiles. (laughs) <laughs> the creature before they got smart and started to dress in human skin bags <laughs> <laughs> the creature dragged a lizard like hand across the hood of their car before drifting away into the woods then the car restarted and they drove away hmm. so some potential explanations some I think it's a military testing that's what I'm thinking too Ooh. yeah I agree. I like that. So some believe that it could have been a meteor streaking across the West Virginian sky, as there was a documented meteor at the time. Numerous flashing red aircraft beacons can be seen from the area of the sighting. It is believed the creature itself was probably just a common barn owl perched on a tree branch. (laughs) But it doesn't explain the other incidents. So that means, obviously, UFOs. No, not obviously. Or military Military involvement. Yes. I'm thinking of that show Sherlock Holmes, The Hounds of Baskerville. You love this show. You mentioned this in a previous episode. It's so good. But seriously, there's like this show and the military is testing things and people think they see hounds, but it's just a guy in a gas mask. Mm. And there's like ass. Right. If If this like farmer or someone was testing sulfuric... Must or mustard gas. Yeah. He might have been wearing a gas mask. It's the fifties. Mm-hmm. I like this theory. But I also do like the theory of our alien drip going down the Oh, I love that southern, too, but down you the know. coast. Down to heading south. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Weird picture. Weird picture. Yes. That is not what I would have pictured. That is our Flatwoods monster. Ooh. Thank you. Yay. You know those inflatable aliens that you get from, like, the fair? Yes. Okay. That's what I was picturing in a metal... What? Inflatable alien? Yeah, like like a typical green alien. I will find it. Like the South Park alien? I don't remember. I think he looks like that, yeah. Like, with the green point, he's, like, got the face that comes down and it's a point at his yeah. chin and the big black eyes. Yeah. Very, very round. Head. Yes, yes. Yeah, you can... Yeah, like these. Okay, I've never seen, like, the inflatable one. Oh, my God, I totally oh. had one growing I up. too. Yeah, I, I, used, <laughs> we, I remember sitting in the car and, like, waving at people with it. <laughs> That's totally you. <laughs> <laughs> so, for anyone who had a, an alien encounter in 1998, <laughs> you didn't. It was me! on the highway <laughs> but that's what There's I was doing in that car <laughs> there was something in that car <laughs> but that's what I was picturing in like a metal and then, you, and then I showed you the picture and you said mm, no no kind <laughs> of freaky yeah yes so that's the Flatwoods Monster and that was the Brown Mountain Lights of the Appalachians we are going to be covering many many more Appalachian tales and trails and thoughts and can't wait storms. but not Bigfoot so if you're listening Bigfoot don't be too hurt no we're coming you're you get an episode all your own Bigfoot. Ooh, so that's special Bigfoot yeah maybe we'll say big, Bigfoot for like a commemorative episode like episode 50 or something I don't know if he's deserving of that you think, said, you think oh? episode 100 right <laughs> Yeah, Bigfoot's like, what's? I've got this guy's number. I'm going to be taking him out. I think that they've seen Bigfoot, like, as far this way as, like, Indiana. Well, there's stories of... your back door. There's stories of, like... you can big, see a bear, I think you may be able to see uh, Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. There, there, there's stories of Bigfoot-like creatures in the Appalachians, but I'm not 
going to spoil anything, but we will be covering something similar. Yes. Okay. But not Bigfoot. I think the Venn diagram of Bigfoot sightings and places where bears are might might be a circle. <laughs> they match up a little bit. <laughs> I think well, no, so. I thought Florida had something, right? Doesn't Florida have something? And it's like a Bigfoot, but it's not. It's like Swamp Squatch or something. <laughs> It sounds oh, so gross. Oh, uh, Maybe. Are you thinking of Scooby-Doo? No! With the swamp monster. <laughs> no. Okay. What's that movie? <sighs> I watched it like once back in the day, but it's the guy, it's like the Bigfoot, and they welcome him into the family on like the road trip. It's like Herman. <sighs> Hold on. Everyone's going to. Uh, okay. Reminiscent of our Dudley Town episode, because we talked about it earlier. Emily trying to figure out movies. <laughs> what is it? Wait, that doesn't look great. <laughs> this is... Oh, yeah. Um, this tracks. Because I think his name is, like, Harry or something. They named their Bigfoot Harry? I mean, I guess they understood the assignment. Hold on. This is going to be worth it. I got to find it. <laughs> Such a good movie. <laughs> movie, family, Bigfoot family movie. Ken! Yes. You're a big fan of Bigfoot? Uh, like I said, pretty sure it's a bear or some breed of animal that just... A little bit larger than the other folks, and occasionally... That's what you think now. Occasionally gets That's up on its legs, and <gasps> boom. Up until we get you to our Bigfoot episode. Maybe. And then you will change your tune, baby. Harry and the Hendersons. What the Oh my goodness, fuck? that is terrifying. It's a Dude. fun little movie. No. <laughs> it's a good time. That is not a fun little movie. I want everyone... No, I'm going to post it on our Instagram. Send me that picture and I'll save it and put it on the he's Instagram. He's just a goofy little guy. Yeah, he's a little something-something. I'll tell you what. He's like, all I wanted was to be in the Appalachian series. And now, and now I, have, I have an episode of my own. Gosh darn it. I'll send it to you. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so you guys can look forward to uh, more Appalachian Trail stories, tales, and treasures and if you have any suggestions for the Appalachian Trail series you guys can message us on Instagram or you can email us at spooky scary skeptical podcast at gmail.com I have one listener who has already submitted something and guess what that story is going to be covered in episode two so we are going to cover that in the coming weeks here so with that being said we hope you guys keep listening and have a great week and remember to be a little spooky a little scary and a little skeptical. Bye. Later. Peace. Go watch Harry and the Hendersons. No. <laughs> <laughs>